Here we go! Yay! Yay! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host with the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. It is episode 14. It's kind of crazy. Uh, we're seeing a spike in the numbers. I think people have started to figure it out where I've been, where I'm going. I found that a lot of people just cold turkey were like, the other podcast is gone and done, and they just went somewhere else because even though we were just gone for like a month or so, but I just appreciate all of you who continue to support this show, patreon.com slash Tong. You can start to sponsor this as low as $1 a month or higher. We'll get into the details, but just thank you so much. I, I can't say that enough, and I love talking about this stuff, and I love hearing from you. And again, that's why we set up the phone lines to open it up so you can be a part of the show, 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. I'd love to hear what you're thinking right now, the state of Apple, any kind of big overhead issues or topics that you can introduce into the show as well. Love to hear them from you, your name, where you're from, and you get right to it. And we do have calls this week as usual. All right. Let's jump into the show. I think the lead story, although the lead, you could almost say it's it's dead and done. Earlier today, it's Friday right now, the time of this recording in the morning. Believe it or not, some of you or none of you might have been affected by the outage of Apple Maps that was down for roughly three and a half to almost four hours. It affected everyone using Apple Maps. I even put out a tweet just saying, oh, you know, Apple Maps is down. Just want to let you know. And I, some some clever smartass was like, oh, I guess it'll only affect five people. <laughs> I know a lot of uh, CarPlay people are are excited about the fact that third-party map apps will be supported uh, you know, with iOS 12. They haven't flipped that switch officially yet. But this would be a great time where it's almost encouraged you to be like, you know what? Apple needs as much goodwill towards Apple Maps as they can get. And when the instant jokes are like, oh, didn't bother me, it kind of, it's got to hurt Apple. And every service has an outage, but this one continues to kind of almost pile on. Anyways, they are back up and running. The directions are up and running. So you might have not even been phased by this. Just a little note to self. But we do have plenty of iPhone news. We've got a lot rumors some new stuff that's going on, uh, revelations from iOS 12. The big one dropped to us by Digitimes, and we know that their track history is pretty good. At least when Ming-Chi Kuo was running the show, it was pretty darn good. This one is have pe- has people kind of scratching their heads. The, the report basically says that Apple is rumored to adopt USB-C ports next year in 2019, with the next iPhones for that year. Now, in 2018, the report claims that the iPhone, and we've talked about this, will be bundled with a USB-C to lightning cable and a new 18-watt charger that is a USB-C charger. So the voltage is lower, but it's similar to what I have with my iPad Pro that I shelled out big bucks just so it could charge faster and it's a first world problem, but I did it and I do love it, but it did cost an extra 70 plus bucks at the time. So whether they do this or not, people are saying, why Why would they do this? Why would Apple go to USB-C? There's a lot of reasons why they wouldn't. The biggest thing, the kind of the twoest thing, two big things is 
Lightning is a slightly thinner connection. We know that Apple is thin it to win it. It's a reversible connection, so that's the same. But the other big part of why they wouldn't do it, the licensing fees that they charge to third-party companies to use their proprietary Lightning connection. They did this when they had FireWire. They did this when they had the 30-pin connector, and they did this with Lightning. They make a whole lot of money doing that, and that's just always been in their DNA. It would... Those are the two big reasons why it would be really hard to see Apple doing this. But then there's a lot of reasons why Apple would do this. One of them is the fact that, look, Apple is moving towards a wireless charging world. We all are. So there's a less dependence on a wired connection. We'll we'll continue to expand on that. But we got the iPhone, the Apple Watch, the AirPods with the recharging case which we may or may not see anytime soon along with the air power mat. So that's one of the issues. The other issue is, yeah, it is a universal standard that would allow us to charge other devices. But look at how heavily Apple has invested in USB-C for the Macs. They put it on the MacBook. They have it in the MacBook Pro. Geez, the MacBook Pro is all USB-C now. One of the reasons, for me, it's a little too early and... I'm not here for, I'm, I'm not ready to dunk I'm not there yet. Sorry about that. I, I could have held it longer, but I'm trying to be considerate for you all. So Apple is fully invested on their Mac side. The iPhone still can't physically connect to a MacBook that is USB-C based with a cable that you have to buy. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. Their number one product doesn't work with their number one Mac. Now, yes, you can do a sync wirelessly, but everyone knows it takes way longer to do it over wireless versus a wired connection. I'm sorry. I kind of like the speed and convenience, and you have a charging cable there anyways. You might as well use it. So those are the some, some of the reasons why they would still, why they would jump to USB Type-C Who knows what they'll actually do. I think, though, if we see this USB-C to lightning cable and USB-C charger, to me, that's more of an indication that the writing is on the wall and Apple will do it. I don't know if they'll do it. Deep down inside, everything tells me this is Apple. This is still Apple. Are they really going to do something like this? I'll believe it when I see it. At the same time, a lot of people that are diehards and say, no way, there is no way that they will go to USB-C. I don't think you you really know that. I I also think that when you say you just have this clad like, no, it's not going to happen. When either of us really know, you're, you're closing off your mind to the fact that it might happen. If I told you four years ago that Apple would have a iPhone line that's at least their flagship line that's made of two models before SJ passed, you, there, everyone would said, there's no way. Why would Apple need to make multiple models? That's a Samsung thing. That's an Android thing. Well, Apple did it. And it looks like Apple is going to have three iPhone 10-like models, three different flagship models in 2018. That is something that we would have never thought they would ever do. Apple put iTunes on Windows, and Steve Jobs joked at the time, hell froze over. So we know that Apple does things that they haven't done before. We also know that through this transition of changing connectivity, even though it was a proprietary connection, 
Apple bites the bullet and does it knowing that their customers, because they have such a large audience, that quite honestly pushes the industry in certain directions just because of the massive size and pool that Apple has. When we went from 30 pin to lightning, people were like, I remember everyone was complaining about it. Everyone was like, why do we have to do this? Apple told the benefit, the really, it was really more technical benefits than anything else and, and size benefits. But did the size, did the thinness of the phone change that much? Yeah, enough. But nothing where we really, did we have to do it? Yeah, sure, fine. We went to lightning. But all I'm saying is Apple doesn't mind doing it and doesn't mind shaking up. They got rid of the floppy drive. They got rid of the CD tray. Uh, they've, they've gotten rid of a lot of things in the past, and that's true to them. So that's why it wouldn't surprise me if they do it. And, and we'll see what happens. So I, I'm curious, what do you guys and gals all think? Are you on Team Lightning or are you on Team USB-C? Is it an inevitability? Call us. Call me. Holla. 833-888-ABXL. You know how to do it. Let's go on to more iPhone news. Another story that drops just today, Wall Street Journal reports that Apple's expecting the lower-priced LCD model to represent a majority of iPhone sales in this year's 2018 lineup. We told you there are three expected iPhone 10 designs or iPhone 10 uh, inspired models. We don't even know what they're going to call it. Are they going to call it the 11? Are they going to call it the 10 plus, the 10s, the XS, the iPhone XS? They should do that. But here we go. We know there's a 6.5 uh, OLED base model. There's going to be a 6.1 inch LCD based model. This is the one they're talking about. And a 5.8 inch OLED model, which is the current iPhone 10 design. My voice almost cracked if you heard that. Now, the reason why they're talking about this is because the Wall Street Journal reports sources within the supply chain now claim Apple is ordering up and expecting the LCD models to make up a majority of iPhone sales in its upcoming lineup. Now, they didn't clarify. They said, well, there could be maybe some confusion if LCD models included the earlier iPhone 7, iPhone 8, iPhone SE, maybe iPhone SE 2. Will we finally see it this year? Everybody's asking for it. Either way, one of the obstacles is we saw how people were a little turned off about the iPhone 10 price point. It didn't stop it from being its number one seller in the last earnings report when all the stories and rumors said iPhone sales are down, down, down. Apple had another record quarter compared to the previous quarter. But because of its price point, how many people are going to get an LCD-based iPhone 10 that arguably might have the same exact functionality as another iPhone? I think there's a lot of people. If you say... Hey, this is an LCD iPhone 10 design and it's 750 or 800 bucks. People not the tech elites or not the techno snobs where we're in this bubble and we want, you know, a lot of us want the quote unquote the cream of the crop whether or not it's really that great of a phone or not. There's going to be a lot of people the general audience that are going to buy that LCD based iPhone 10. You just know there is. So, the support is saying that Apple expects that to happen. Exactly in line. Little follow-up with iOS 12. Always kind of some really cool nuggets coming out of there. iOS 12 has revealed exactly how big the iPhone 10. let's just call it the iPhone 10 Plus. This is the 6.5-inch OLED model will be. So what happens is Apple tests their phones beforehand, 
They test the operating systems. And a lot of times websites who have analytics based on devices that come and visit and some of the dimensions or specs of those devices pop up in their logs. Boy Genius Report started seeing traffic of iOS 12 devices from late February to uh, all the way through May. Now, in their logs, they received hits from multiple iOS 12 devices, you know, iPhone 10, 8, 6, 6S, 6S Plus, runs the gamut, iPad Pro, 12.9, everything, right, you could think of. But, But there was one that stuck out. It registered in with a resolution of 414 by 896. Now, when this shows up in their system, that is a resolution based off of points and not pixels. But what made it interesting is that the 414 by 896, that number, 414, that width is exactly the same width as the iPhone 7 Plus and the iPhone 8 Plus, which would lead you to believe this has got to be the iPhone 10 Plus phone. If you look back historically, the iPhone 6, the iPhone 7, and the iPhone 8 also had the same width as the iPhone 10, except the iPhone 10 was a lot taller, right? Because it has that extra screen real estate. They did the math, and the actual aspect ratio of this new phone that pops up shares the same aspect ratio as the iPhone 10. Another hint that we are definitely looking at an iPhone 10 Plus that is out in the wild and being tested right now. The interesting thing about this is that this device only showed up in their logs twice in May specifically. So clearly it was one of their first early prototype devices. And in addition to that, if you use kind of the dimension multiplier that they have when they apply this from points to pixels, we're looking at a 1242 by 2688 real resolution of this Apple iPhone 10 Plus. Now, what does that translate to? That translates to a pixel per inch, right? That's always kind of like, how many pixels per inch? That tells me how clear the screen is, whether it's retina or not. How, how does it compete with everyone? Some people get obsessed about that. That PPI comes in at 456, which is about seven PPI lower than the iPhone 10. And then if you compare it to something like the Galaxy S9 or the Google Pixel 2 XL, it's also a lower pixel per inch uh, density, right? Pixel pixel density per inch. So, and let's be real, it's not going to make the biggest difference, but people, if this is the case, people will make sure to point it out. They'll make sure to point it out. So whatever we call it, the iPhone X2, the iPhone X, sorry, oh my gosh, the iPhone 10. I've been calling it the iPhone X, huh? iPhone 10 Plus, iPhone 10 2 Plus, who knows? It's coming. Another report where I feel like we keep on seeing this reports, it's nothing earth-shaking. Who knows how true they are, especially after what happened in the last earnings. Apple, According to uh, the Nikkei Asian Review, Apple's reportedly warning its own suppliers it will need 20% fewer iPhone components for the second half of the year. The thing about this is, yes, Apple even expected their total shipments of iPhones, at least launching this year, to be 80 million, which was less than the 100 million shipments that they originally had targeted for around the same time last year. They do like to be modest with their numbers. But also, there is no specificity of whether these components that they are talking about 
are related to earlier iPhones or the new iPhones. The reason being, if there are, are new components in these newer phones that aren't being accounted for, yeah, the older ones will definitely drop. But overall, the projections have said that Apple will sell less iPhones. And we'll just have to wait until that actually happens because in the earnings report that they last put out when everyone was saying gloom and doom, it just wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. Also, a new update to iOS 12. Apple has acknowledged um, they're kind of adding this new feature to thwart passcode brute force entries. We talked about it a little while ago. It's this new USB restricted mode that makes it harder for law enforcement agencies to get access to the iPhone's data. And in addition to this, quite honestly, it also makes it harder for the bad guys, people with bad intentions, to get access to the data on iPhones. This new kind of USB restricted mode basically says that it now requires an iPhone be unlocked with a passcode when connected to a computer via USB. If the device has not already been unlocked in the last hour. So if it hasn't been unlocked in the last hour, it needs to be specifically connected to a computer. Now, let's say it hasn't been unlocked in the last hour. You're not going to get access to it. So what is this trying to do? Well, we know there's this gray key box we talked about. It is a box that is used by law enforcement where you plug the phone into a lightning cable. And within hours, it can gain access to the phone. Well, that won't work anymore unless it's within an hour from the time that they recover a phone, which will be very, very difficult. It'll just be really hard to do. The other part of this also, though, is that Apple works closely with the government. They always have right these data requests to get access to information on, on phones. Since 2013, Apple has had something around 55,000 requests from the U.S. government to gain access to data on Apple servers uh, from somewhere around 200 and 200 plus thousand iOS devices. So it's not like Apple's not only locking it down and they're saying, oh, we're hands off, we're not doing anything. Yes, Apple does value our privacy. At least that's what they continue to tell us. But in addition to that, they are still working with the government when when it is requested. And I guess who knows what their actual uh, priority or when they bend or break to it. I don't know the exact specifics to that but they are still willing to fork over specific data when it is deemed necessary. So this USB restricted mode is actually automatically flipped on your phone once you install iOS 12. And to me, there's no real benefit to turn it off, but it's just something that you should know. All right, let's just take a little breather to talk to our sponsor and show some love. The sponsor of the show is you. Thank you so much, patreon.com. Slash Brian Tong, you're allowing me to do this. We are literally two thirds to the goal to guarantee that I will be consistently doing this show till the end of time. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh, thankful for everyone who has supported the show through Patreon and also just to five star review this on iTunes. Tell your friends about it. There's plenty of people that I realize don't even know. They just think I poof, like magically disappeared. Someone said they thought I died. I'm still alive. I just want to let you know that. So patreon.com, you can sponsor the show starting at $1. If you think I give you more value, $5. It's like a cup of coffee a, co- cup of coffee a month. 
We have a $10 tier that offers you uh, rewards, $25, and our Platinum Apple $100 level Patreons. Uh, I'm so thankful and grateful and just so much support and love from you guys. I can't thank you enough. You're allowing me to stay in the game. So thank you. So check it out, patreon.com slash Tong. All right, we continue on, and this was a this is not an Apple device, but this made me a little sad. It was like a punch to the gut. I don't know if you saw this, but the Amazon Fire TV Cube was announced, I believe this past, I think it was just towards the end of last week. It might have been on Monday. My dates are all screwed up. My head's all over the place. But did you see this? The Amazon Fire TV Cube. It is exactly what you think it is. It's in a it's merging the Amazon Echo with an Amazon Fire TV to be a little box, a set-top box that you can talk to to control your smart home, to control your TV, to control your home theater sound. This is, I look at this and like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what Apple should have. Apple was there. There were rumors they were working on this like three or four years ago, but we know it never came to be. The Fire TV Cube is basically a cube. It plays 4K videos with supports for HDR. It does not have Dolby Vision, which the new Apple TV will be getting with the latest software update with tvOS 12. It does have Dolby Atmos support, which you know that I have been a champion of Dolby Atmos from the start because it is amazing. It'll let you control your AV gear, TVs, turn them off or on, sound bars, receivers, it even has um, IR blasters built into each side of the box, so you don't have to place it specifically in an exact location. It's compatible with direct TV, with you know satellite services as well, c- cable services. The also cool thing is that much like, and we haven't really seen much of this, but much like the Chromecast, you can call up streaming services such as um, CBS All Access, ESPN, Fox now Hulu, NBC, Netflix, Prime, Video, Showtime, Stars. Like there are apps that now support this as well. So it is supporting media services. There's eight Farfield microphones. It's 120 bucks. I think if you're like a Prime subscriber, you get it. I believe they said you get it for $90 if you're a Prime member. Yeah, Prime members. It's shipping on June 21st. This isn't an advertisement. This is, I like to educate listeners of what else is out there, but it just made me sad. It made me sad because even even if Apple made something like this today, it wouldn't be good enough because Siri still isn't smart enough. It's so Siri's not HomeKit's not even compatible with the devices to do this. You know, I have the Logitech Harmony setup, which is amazing. It's a remote and an IR blaster that controls. You know, I've talked about it before. It allows me to say, "Hey, turn on." The PlayStation 4, all the inputs go on. All the devices are turned on. Hey, turn on the Xbox, changes it up. Hey, turn on the Apple TV, changes it up. And even the lighting will change depending on... When I want to watch a movie, I say watch a movie. I have a, you know, lights dim down. The backlight on my TV goes up. And it's like, we could have been there, fam. Apple, we could have been there. I'm not going to rant anymore. It's really more it's really more of a sad apple to me than anything else. It's a sad apple. And you should be sad about it too if you love tech and you see what is happening everywhere. Also, Apple really beefing up their content, right? They they want to be a part of this game. They're really beefing it up. Apple is teaming up with Oprah. 
with a big O to create new TV shows. This is according to a report from the Wall Street Journal. They're going to create original programs. It's a multi-year content partnership with Oprah Winfrey, CEO of OWN. I think I think you all know who Oprah is. I don't have to remind you. So this is, again, another piece of content. Apple's also close to inking a deal with Cartoon Saloon for an animated movie. This is an animation studio based in Ireland, award-winning animation studio. This is a report from Bloomberg. The deals have not been details have not been finished yet. Another piece of exclusive content. At least it's from what I can tell, it's better than Planet of the Apps and Carpool Karaoke. I'm okay with that. And Breaking Bad's Aaron Paul. That's right, bit. I'm not gonna say it. This there might be children listening. Aaron Paul is joining the cast of the upcoming Are You Sleeping Apple TV series. It's a drama series that will star Octavia Spencer. Picked up new cast members. This is a report according to Variety. Just a whole lot. Ron Cephas Jones, that amazing actor from, um, well, he's in This Is Us. Which Marvel series is he in? He's in, he's in Luke Cage. He's in Luke Cage as well. Amazing actor. Mackay Pfeiffer is going to be in it. Makai, where have you been? So Apple continue to beef up their content. I, it's going to be interesting also how they're going to package this, how they're going to bundle it. Originally, they put their content in Apple Music, which made no sense. I've got to assume it's going to be part of their TV app, which shouldn't be called TV because it's more than TV, but however they bundle it. We'll, we are waiting to see. In other content news, Apple announces that the World Cup content is coming to Siri, Apple TV, News, iBooks, and more. They're going all in on the World Cup. World Cup 2018, uh, let's call it, it's the FIFA World Cup 2018 in Russia. Unfortunately, the U.S. didn't qualify for it. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10 as a soccer fan, I grew up playing soccer. I'd probably say I'm like a 6 or 7. I'm fired up because L.A. Football Club, I'm down here in Southern California. They are my team. I love the black and gold. Vela, Rossi, Simon. I and I've gone to games. The energy is awesome. But USA, like there's not much hype around World Cup this year because the men's team didn't make it. So everyone, all of my international listeners, congratulations because most likely almost all of you are in the World Cup and we are not. But it's still on Apple devices. And really the coolest story that I heard, it's better watching the video Go to a YouTube page called Man Plus River. This guy named Dallas basically jumps in a river every weekend and recovers whatever things are lost. He found an iPhone 10 underwater that did not have a waterproof case. He dried it out for three days. The iPhone 10 turned on. The iPhone 10 actually works. This thing, it came out, was underwater for two weeks. In a non-waterproof case. He got it back to the owner. The video is amazing. Somehow, someway, Apple couldn't have written it up any better. Somehow, someway, an iPhone 10 just survived being in a river, which was probably more like five, four to five feet, six deep. Because their IP67 rating is for dust and water resistance. You know, it supposedly can handle 30 minutes underwater, three feet deep. But... This was a super, this was a super phone. Somehow it survived. 
All right, you guys and gals can be a part of the show. 833-888-ABXL. Let's get to our calls. We're going to kick it off with Chris. He wants to talk about some of that face ID. Hi, Brian. This is Chris from Atlanta. Been a fan of the show for a long time. Keep doing what you do. Um, had a little issue with my face ID recently. I actually took my iPhone 10 underwater in the pool, and after I got out, I got an error message that said, that Face ID is not working, and it took me to Apple's website, which prompted me to create a Genius Bar appointment. But I took my phone in. They said, yeah, your Face ID is not working. They swapped me out for a brand-new iPhone 10. So awesome customer service. like to throw out a good Apple there for supporting the new technology and just wanted to let you know what was going on with the iPhone 10s. So again, thanks for, all the, thanks for the show. All right, Chris. Uh, thank you so much for calling. Don't you wish... See, Chris, you weren't as lucky as that phone that fell in the river. Down by the river. People who know that reference know that. Right? Down by the river. Anyways, it's good. Good on you. I'm glad Apple took care of you. I, I do want to celebrate, you know, when Apple does good things for us. They, they deserve to be rewarded. They absolutely do. All right. Here, let's check out our next call. This comes to us from Josh. I asked you all to call about WWDC. Not many of you did. I don't know if it's because you guys just weren't impressed. But here we go. Josh, chiming in. Brian, my name is Josh. I'm from Ambler, Pennsylvania. I've been a huge fan when you were that other place for many years, and your show's rocking. I'm going to increase my contribution from 5 to $10 a month. But what I want to say is I was actually happy with WWDC because I want iOS 12 to not have bugs. I feel like my hardware is great. I've got the latest iPad, latest iMac, latest iPhone uh, 10, and um, obviously I'm always looking forward to new hardware, but I think it's key that they get rid of all the bugs and everything just works smoothly. Peace! <laughs> Josh, first of all, my man, thank you so much. Uh, it means it's, it's hard for me to describe what it means when people are willing to, you know, sponsor the show and i'm just so thankful and grateful and you know josh is moving up to the ten dollar level most likely because we have these monthly giveaways and there's i think there's only really like 60 people that qualify for them but I'm, we're throwing down like legitimate goods like tech goods geek pop culture goods that are like the minimum was 35 dollars, like the prize value but i'm throwing out like 50 dollar prizes out there and we've got some other good stuff coming so Thank you for bumping up, Josh. Uh, to get to your comment, I think I'm 100% in agreement with you. It may not have been the sexiest update for iOS 12. I mean, I loved FaceTime Multi. I loved the group notifications. Memojis are going to be fun for the first 10 minutes, and then I'll never use them again unless my nieces and nephews harass me to. But stability is key. Speed and performance is key. They needed to do that. They really needed to do that. So it's... look. It was the right thing to do. And yeah, it was a good apple. Yeah! You know it was. All right, you know it was. And finally, we have a call here from our good buddy, Fernando. Wants to talk AirPods. Hey, Brian Tong. I'm a big fan. My name is Fernando calling from West Palm Beach, Florida. My question is that um, I bought the Apple AirPods, and I had to return them because I was getting, uh, every time I went to go do some exercise, I have getting uh, noise flickering. I just wanted to know if you ever had uh, any of those issues or if you had um, have you heard any um, 
other people have that kind of problem with their AirPods. Uh, love the show. Uh, thanks. Bye. I'm not sure about flickering specifically, but my AirPods will break up and go in and out sometimes. Like you'll, the music will, it'll just go like, you'll get a click here once in a while. It's always happened from day one. It's never changed. You know, they're, the AirPods are again, I'll have to, I always have to like really break this. They're really, really, really good, but I don't think they're at the level where they're a great product yet. And in a way, that's a good thing because Apple can improve them with more touch-sensitive controls. They can improve the connectivity and the audio, you know, how that audio, make basically make it so my audio doesn't break up once in a while. Um, the look, that's that's up to debate. They're, they're becoming a more and more normal thing that you see people wear. Some people wear them better than others, but I would still recommend the AirPods to certain people um, as long as they fit in your ear too, and everyone's always worried, will they will they fall out of my ear when they work out? They stay in most people's ears. It just depends on how big your ear hole is. It's That's straight up genetics. It has nothing to do with anything else. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much to everyone who called in. I encourage you, please. I really love getting calls from you guys and gals because it just adds so much texture to the show because right now I'm hosting on my own. I am working on, you know, once we get... The Patreon level to a certain level, I can bring on a second voice. That and also we're we're working towards making a video version of this that gets posted as well. So that's kind of the long term goals of where we want to be with this podcast as well. I gotta thank shout out to my platinum apples, the one hundred dollar Patreon level, Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, Wesley Freighter, and we got a new one, Michael Bolick. My goodness, thank you to you guys and thank you to everyone who's continued to support the show and continues to keep this thing rolling. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Apple Bits XL. You can support the show again at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. Until next week, be safe. Peace. Peace.